0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Let's jump in. Uh, Today, what we're going to do is uh, talk about um, some of the things that we take for granted that are actually the most vitally important to us. Uh, both in the physical world and also in the spiritual world. Um, A lot of the things that are most critically important to us are kind of either on autopilot or we don't have to think about or we don't really worry about necessities like air. Like, am I going to have enough air to breathe today? Do you guys ever worry about that? Am I going to have enough? Um, It's It's absolutely critically important, but it's something that we kind of take for granted. Uh, Water. Am I going to have enough water today? Um, Most of us have just, you know, you flip on the thing and water just keeps coming out, right? And none of us really understand how that water bill works entirely. It's just like, what, what am I paying? What do I? Anyway. My grandma, when I was growing up, had, uh, she didn't have city water even up to about five years ago. They had a cistern that was uh, off the back side of the house up the hill. So you had to go outside of the house to go up to the cistern. And this was a gigantic portion of my grandma's life. She had this long metal rod that she would open up the cistern and she would dip down into there to see how much water she had left. And she was obsessive about it, checking to see if she had enough. And it was constantly, it, it stressed her out 23 hours a day because she would have to call to have water delivered and a truck would have to come. And if it was bad weather or what, whatever happened, the truck breaks down and you don't have water all of a sudden. It was a constant thing. And so... It's something I don't worry about at all. She worried about it way more, Uh, but there are places that we've traveled to where water is the number one necessity that they are constantly searching for, that it doesn't just keep showing up. Some of these things that we don't think about, like uh, sleep that we take for granted, organs inside of our bodies that they just, they just go. And we don't have to try to make our heart beat. We don't have to try to make our liver or kidneys function or anything. It just, it works. And it goes, and a lot of these things are on autopilot. And so um, they're vitally important, but we can take them for granted. Today, I want to look at, um, from the spiritual side of things, What are some spiritual things that are critically important, spiritual necessities that we may take for granted? And on the flip side, where so many things are automated for us in the the natural world, a lot of the things are, uh, there's still manual kickstart uh, type things in the spiritual realm where you have to you have to put effort in. You have to do something. So like a spiritual um, necessity might be worship or prayer or reading scripture or spending time with other believers in a church setting like this. Uh, these would be things that are that are critically important. But the thing that um, I believe is most critically important that um, we just... It's most like the heartbeat. It's most like the breathing that we do. We don't think about it, and it's the most important one, the act of choosing. In the spiritual realm, choosing is the breathing. Choosing is the water. Choosing is the sleep. It's kind of everything rolled into one. Choosing is the most important part of any of it spiritually. The power to choose, it's our most important spiritual act. Uh, the reason for that is because we've been made to be free. We've been created to be free people, to have freedom, where we're allowed to do honestly whatever the heck that we want to. If we want to do something illegal and get locked up and go to pre- we can. That's free will. We can, uh, You know, be good or be bad. We can be healthy or unhealthy. We can be, we we have the power to choose. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This is so mission-critical, important to us because it's, it's the, uh, it's the reason why any of it means anything or works, is that we are not robots who are um, programmed to do certain things. We're given free will, and so we are in this, this strange place where, where God's giving up control to us, hoping that we will choose him, hoping that we will pick him, He's letting us go. He's saying, I I can't make you love me because then it won't be real. I want you to pick me. And that's the only way that it's really true. So anyways, when I was growing up, uh, I had um, an interesting grandpa named Don who uh, was retired from Otis Elevator Company and uh, he was just always up to some kind of crazy thing. Anytime that I went over to my grandparents' house, he had been working on something for like seven months um, to just for a dumb little trick or whatever it was. He, he just uh, was always doing something. But for a couple years, I would hear my grandma, uh, she would tell me about his raven, Lily, all the time. Um, that wait till you see his raven Lily. I thought they were insane because I, 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 there wasn't a raven named Lily ever, but she talked about it constantly all the things this bird could do and that he had her trained. I'm like, there's not a bird here though. Um, but one summer, I spent a lot of time with those grandparents and I was there the day when this bird came back to my grandpa this massive raven because they had um like this solarium all windowed sitting room area that they hung out in with all kinds of plants and things and he's just tinkering around out there and my grandma yells like lily's here you want to meet her like that bird is real (laughs) i go into the solarium and my grandpa is holding this massive raven and I just feel like it's like a circus carnival thing. like I'm like when did you how did this happen but over the course of uh so this raven would come back and it would stay for periods of time sometimes uh just for a day or two and sometimes it would t- it would stay for months and it would show up for all kinds of different reasons uh it would show up it sometimes it was really thin and it would have to stay for a month and he would fatten it up and it would leave um, sometimes it came back injured, and he would, you know, get it fixed up, and it would, it would take off. Sometimes it would show up, though, and it, it, just because it learned a new sound, and it wanted to tell my grandpa. And so it would sit on his hand, and it would—ravens are really, really good at mimicking sounds— and it would play these new sounds that it learned somewhere out in the world, and then just take off. Other times that bird would show up and I swear it was just to cuddle. Like that it would rub all over him and he's petting it and hugging it. I'm like, I just hadn't seen it before. But that's the, I mean, that's the thing that you're you're chasing. I'm gonna let this bird go and it's a raven. I'm probably never gonna see it again. But I feel like I've, I've, uh, I've treated it well, and I'm gonna set it free. And if it chooses to come back to me, man, now I know it loves me. And this thing just keeps choosing to come back again and again and again to him. And it's just, it was just one of the coolest things. God is playing that game, we're the Ravens. He's like, I I don't wanna, I'm not gonna lock you in a cage then it won't be love, I gotta let you go. And then whenever you come back and visit me, those will be the, man, that's what I want from you. I want you to choose me. I don't want you to do it out of guilt. I don't want you to do it out of fear or shame. I don't want you to do it out of the wrong reason. I just want you to choose me because because I love you. So as far as free will, this is the thing that um, is, it, it's a gift and it's a curse. Um, if you imagine your body with this, like, if you have a, a, a box that has your heart in it, uh, woo, all, the things that, all the things that kind of make up your heart as a person, your soul as a person, um, they come from your free will choices. And so, um, you've been given free will to, (laughs) why is it happening? Stop. Hello? Hello? Let's try front pocket. So, as far as different habits that you go, your habit's going to be bad habits that that turn into addictions, you have the free will to decide to not uh, go down that road or to stop it at any point. Um, You have free will with your money, and so you can choose to be a somebody who blows it all and lives paycheck to paycheck. Um, Your free will can make you a constantly needing money and in debt person. Your free will can make you a financially responsible person, that I'm going to choose to uh, pay off my bills, and I'm going to choose to uh, wait and not give in to that thing or, or, or get credit cards and yada, yada, yada. Your free will is how you've landed all of your relationships with people, uh, choosing one thing after another. Uh, whether you're happy or not, that's, that's up to you. Free will controls your fear, if you decide to be afraid of that thing or not. You know, I've, I've just, like, decided to stop being afraid of certain things and never was any more. It's pretty crazy. Your body, free will, will lead you to health or unhealth, But in the midst of that free will, your lousy little black heart gets in the way sometimes. Jeremiah chapter 17. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. It's saying the heart is, is tricky. It's deceitful, but it's, it's tricky. If you don't believe this, um, I mean, how many of us are currently being fooled into believing that we're okay when really deep down we know we're not okay? Like your heart's like doing some tricks like, it's fine. Or uh, you say that thing that you then regret a couple hours later and you're asking the question, like, why did I say that? Why did I do that? I wish I wouldn't have said that. What made me say that? Your lousy little heart did. It's not tamed. Your heart's connected to your tongue bone. The Bible says the tongue is next to impossible to tame. Whatever is in your heart will come out of your mouth, and and your heart has tricky stuff going on all the time, so it's something that needs to be It's something that needs to be wrangled because we're not programmed. We're not on autopilot. We have free will. Psalm 139. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word's on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. Further, he goes on to say, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. This is the psalmist recognizing that I can't, um, I can't win the battle with my heart every time. Um, I'm able to trick myself, but you know me more than I even know who I am myself. And so he's asking God, God, will you show me where any of my blind spots are? Will you show me uh, any of the places where I'm? I'm not okay, but I'm telling myself I am okay. Will you show me the way of everlasting, he says. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, there's no good tree that bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs, from thorn bushes, or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil that's stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Heart is connected to the tongue bone. And so wherever wherever your heart is, that's the kind of stuff that's gonna be coming out of your mouth. Um, It's a good indicator. But Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy in the Old Testament says, you have the power to choose life or death. So choose life. You have that in every possible situation. That God gives us this free will. He's absolutely obsessed with it, of making sure that you are not pressured into anything making sure that you're free to experience everything the world has and that you'll still run back to him again and again and that it's not a one-time choice, that it's visiting over and over and over again and letting him know when you learned a new song. (laughs) The power to choose... And God wants you to know he desperately wants you to choose him. This is not the same thing as fate. Um, free will is kind of the opposite of fate. People will, I, I have people ask me about that. Like, what's the difference between fate and um, God's plan? What's the difference between fate and free will? Um, it, like, if you ask most people if they believe in fate, 90-something percent would say yes. It's a little awkward if you ask a woman, do you believe in fate? Have you ever been in that situation? You're on an accidental date? Do you believe in fate? But fate is actually the idea that you can't control anything, Um, that fate is whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You're not able to change the outcome of anything, and said, no, I do not believe in fate. Um, People who say they believe in fate, uh, I find them to still be stressed out or worried about things or afraid of things, and so um, they're lying, because um, if you believe in fate, that you can't really control anything, and so why stress over it if you can't change it, you can't control it? Um, Why have worries or fears if it's going to happen? It's just going to happen anyways, so... You can't have you can't have both. Anyways, it's not it's not your fate that you will be in a um, in that beautiful relationship with God that He wants for you. It's not just a, a fate thing. It's a it's a choice thing. The Bible, Jesus says, my desire is that all men would be saved, but he tells his disciples right away, he knows that that's not going to be the case. My desire is that all men would be saved, but they're not going to be. Not all of them will, because a lot of people are not going to choose me. I want them to choose me, but I had to give them the freedom. Some of you in this room right now, you still haven't made the choice, or your choice is... um, There's no way to really be sure. I I was in that place, that agnostic place for a long time. You can't be certain of one way or the other. And I had to finally get to the place of making a choice and saying, yes, I recognize I can't be certain of some of these things, but I'm choosing him. He wishes that you would choose him more and more and more. Uh, We'll close up with a a story some of you may have heard before. It's one of my favorite, um, my my favorite old stories about a Native American grandfather whose son lives with him, and uh, the son is at school, and he's getting picked on by some people. And he ends up getting into a fight with a bully and ends up punching this kid in the nose and bloodying his nose. And uh, they're in the principal's office and they're set to be suspended. And the boy's grandfather comes to pick him up from school and ask what happened and um, just yada, yada, yada. But the grandfather is telling uh, his grandson, what he needs to understand is that inside of all of us are two wolves. Because the grandson said, I just couldn't control myself anymore. I just gave into it. I had to hit him. And he said, well, why did you give into it when you knew it was wrong? When you knew you didn't? And I said, I just couldn't help myself. I just, I, I just couldn't stop myself anymore. And I gave in and I punched him. Grandfather said, that's because you have two wolves that are living inside of you, that are at war with one another. And these two wolves are very different. One of them is white, and he represents all that is good. He represents love and light and peace and hope and joy and goodness. And the other wolf is dark, and he represents all the things that are negative. And evil and selfishness and greed and envy and anger and rage. He says, and these two wolves are at war with one another, and you have to make sure that that the that the white wolf wins. And the grandson asks his grandfather, Well, how how on earth can I make sure that that the right wolf wins. And he says, whichever one you feed is the one that's gonna win. Whichever one you feed is the one who will win. You starve the other one and you fatten that one up. And so how do you, how do you feed the wolf? Anything that is love and light and joy and peace and hope and forgiveness. These are fattening up that wolf. He's going to get stronger and stronger. You're going to starve out that darker one. I'm not going to give in to the negativity. I'm not going to give in to the the gossip. I'm not going to give in to the anger this time. I'm not going to give in to and just slowly but surely you're starving that wolf off. And eventually he can die. God's desire is that we would choose him. He gave us the gift of free will, and so we have those those wolves that are at war within us. This is the spiritual warfare part of things. Um, But the beautiful thing is that you can determine the outcome. You can choose which wolf will win. You can choose what kind of relationship you want to have with God. You just choose them. It's going to keep happening. Let's pray. We'll close before we blow up. Lord Jesus, I thank you for um, the freedom. Uh, We thank you that we are your creation, but from the very beginning of it, you wanted us to be our own people, that we would be free and that, your desire is that we would come back and we would choose you. Lord, I choose you. I choose you again. And I'm gonna I'm gonna choose you as many times as I can today and tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna make more of those choices. The ones that fatten up the right wolf. <laughs> God, I'm just praying for anybody in this room who um, who needs a, a home to fly back to. They give up their pride, they give up their excuses, their, um, you know, wh- whatever thing is holding them back, whatever uh, mask they have in place, Uh, to protect themselves from you, that they would just take it down, and they would recognize that it's completely up to them, and they would take a shot in the dark, an act of faith, and they would choose you. God, help us to be the, the people that it, it's obvious the choices that we make in our lives. Bless us, give us favor, help us to love the people around us who need love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sorry about the microphone, guys. We'll get this thing figured out. I hope I see you soon. I hope I see you Saturday at the Community Fun Day. Um, If anybody needs prayer for anything, I think we're going to have some prayer team people over here. But you guys have a good week. I'll see you soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.